welcome back to the Hopeful Influence podcast, a podcast talking about and committed to Christian leadership. My name is Matt and with me today, as usual, we have Taria and Jude. Always so good to be with you both. Are you both always. doing okay? Always. always. It's, n- it's never, <laughs> never not. It's never <laughs> not. It's always so good. 24-7. 24-7, that's it. Uh, Jude, it'd be good to start. We were talking about, we, we're doing a part one, part two on politics. And this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, go, go and listen to it. Is We had Andy Flanagan talking to us. And he, he was amazing and so encouraging and so good to, to listen to him. But but if you haven't listened to that, go go and listen to that first. Stop this podcast. <laughs> Stop right now. Stop right now. Go listen to that and then come back because uh, we may talk a little bit about some of the themes that we talked about in uh, the last episode. But but do you, do you want to give us a bit of a where we've been, where we're going? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess a kind of reminder, um, <clears throat> in the motif of hopeful influence, this theological motif, um, which we're suggesting or exploring, uh, how that gets expressed and, and this idea that it can get expressed as we help other people see the kingdom, uh, the coming kingdom of God, how they get a vision for that, how they participate in it, join in with God's movement of renewal right now, uh, and how as they journey, as we journey uh, together uh, towards the world as it, as it should be rather than the world as it is, we get to experience something of that kingdom, that, 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 yeah, the presence of God at work amongst us, the goodness of God at work amongst us in our relationships and in the world that we inhabit and, and, and all the rest. And, and, and that there's a political dimension uh, to that unavoidably. Um, and uh, of course, last week, uh, T was, was sharing um, just when you're about your, your sort of experience of working in local politics and just some of the, the challenge of that. And we, we bring this sort of hopeful optimism into an environment, but then how does that actually get traction? What happens when it doesn't get traction or the traction that we want? And so we sort of riffed around that and uh, explored some of that. And of course we heard from Andy and, and Andy said so much wisdom. He's got such a big kingdom vision for, you know, that, that really, you know, for, for every Christian person participating in, you know, politics, big, big, politics large small uh local immediate uh, and i love the way he kind of um he he, he really talks about um, the essence of politics being relational you know and the person in front of us the person living next door to us the person uh, living in our community and how we how we think um christianly and how we think intentionally about how we, we we're playing our part in the betterment of other people's lives and 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 of course that then connects with this sense of um, moving into a better future and helping other people to to move into that better god-shaped uh, future uh, and and we uh, i think where we kind of landed we, had, we all had some sort of takeaways and we're sort of riffing on various different bits and bobs aren't we ourselves sort of off the back of that um but we all had a little takeaway and and uh, i know for me it was this sort of the, the relational bit and just how there's all we should always be asking ourselves this question of well, what's the next relationship um, that we can be uh, looking out for investing in seeking out and I was talking about our local councillor and uh, you know just the opportunities you know in my role as a vicar and um, uh, with someone I know who's working politically in our patch and, and the role that I have to play in terms of drawing others together into conversation, into relationship, as we think about the common good in our patch. But you guys, you guys had other quick thoughts, didn't you? Too. What was your little reminder? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I think my big takeaway was the idea that we can't um, opt out of being political if we want to love in the way that Jesus did. Um, if we want to love our neighbours as we love ourselves, you know, um, 
we love ourselves by making sure that we have access to GP services, to, to good transport. And so if we want to love our neighbours in the way that we love ourselves, we need to ensure that they have that same access, um, that same like practical, same practical stuff that we do. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really, really strong. Brilliant. And for, and for me, it was pretty similar. Um, re-engaging with our neighbour um, and not being put off or brought down by what we might find difficult nationally and how, how am I meant to get involved with this? How Where is my place in this? But not thinking uh, the big picture, but maybe just bringing it down a little bit um, to what is my neighbour's name? You know, really simply, how can I get involved? And I found what Andy said just so helpful and um, really practical in getting involved with that so yeah really great this week we're going to hear from Stephen Timms who is a member of parliament and is um, a long-standing servant in politics and is a part of the Labour Party Um, and he is a Christian and is a keen supporter of Just Love Uh, and Jude you got the chance to speak to him uh, during the pandemic when your book came out Um, and so we're going to hear a bit from Stephen and then we're going to do our usual thing where we respond and chat about a little bit about what um, spoke to us and we found helpful and um, yeah we'll do that so here we go we'll listen to that conversation now. So today we're uh, thinking about uh, hopeful uh, influence in politics. I'm delighted uh, to have uh, Stephen Timms uh, with me today, uh, who wrote in the uh, uh, comment section uh, in the book, Hopeful Influence. Stephen, great to see you. Uh, Warm welcome. Thank you, Jude. I'm sure you're very busy in your role uh, as an MP at the moment. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit about your role and and sort of what leadership looks like uh, for you? Well, I'm the Member of Parliament for East Ham in the East End of London and I've been here now for 26 years and before that I was a member of the the local council here for for, for 10 years, so it's a a long period now. Just since the December election, I've been elected in Parliament to chair the Work and Pension Select Committee. a big part of my role now is scrutinising what is happening to the the benefit system, universal credit, um, the way that's uh, holding up under the strain of nearly two million new applications since the pandemic crisis began. Um, so that's all, and together with you know a lot of people locally finding themselves in some trouble, families not being able to get food, um, lots of people getting in touch, needing needing help at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the demands are just extraordinary, aren't they? And I can only imagine how much you're having to sort of juggle things there as, as, as people reach out. The um, One of the things that you uh, talked a bit about in the book, talk about this sort of, um, talk about uh, this sort of political movement forwards that we're sort of, uh, you know, we have a vision for, uh, the common good, we're a vision for a society that's flourishing and good relationships. And I, I wanted to maybe just sort of tease out maybe something about, you know, what, what's at the heart of your sort of political activity, mm. your political influence that enables that movement forward? And I know you, you cited a few examples in the book, but is there any, how would you, how would you sort of get at that? Well, I, in the piece that I wrote, and thank you very much for asking me for it, I, I quoted um, something Tom Wright put in his book, Surprised by Hope, where he observes that 
people who believe in the resurrection, in a whole new world being put in place uh, in the future and everything one day being put right, people who believe in that are unstoppably motivated to work for that new world in, in the present. And I, I, I think that's a very um, accurate account of what I see lots of Christians doing uh, around the place at the moment, around, around the country. And I, I think that is the basis for a, a very hopeful vision for the future. And in many ways, you know, if you look back at the history of politics in the UK and when politics has worked very well, it's often been because uh, there were lots of people who believed in the resurrection who were getting stuck in and, and, and getting involved. Um, and so I think in terms of working locally with people who are in trouble, as many are at the moment, I think being able to bring hope to those kind of relationships and exchanges yeah. with people locally, and also being able to build a kind of hopeful vision for how things could be in, in the future, all of that is really important at the moment. And the qualities of hopefulness that you talk about in the book, I think are really important to making a success of what people like me are trying to do. Well, thank you. Thank you for that thought. I think, did you have a question for me? Is that right? Well, I'd be interested to know, I mean, you've uh, given a, a, you know, a, a great account, I think, in, in the book of uh, of this quality of hopefulness in leadership and I just wonder what you think in the current circumstances and obviously since you've written the book we've had this pandemic engulf us but in these current circumstances what do you think the appetite is in, in Britain for the kind of leadership that you're describing? Mm. Well there's, there's a question yeah the um, I, I think um, I don't know. I mean, a, a few thoughts come to mind, I suppose. I think just in, in, in general human terms, I think there is a desire. There's something in our human condition that you know, we have a desire for a better world. We have a desire for the world as, as we know um, it should be in some sense rather than the world as it is. That's, that's probably common to the, the human condition. I think a sort of restlessness in the present, but a desire for something better. And, and I think leadership that connects with that. Um, you know that connects with a with a vision for a better world and and hopefully um, begins to sort of signpost you know the steps towards that kind of world you know that are nearly always collaborative and um, you know achievable hopefully but but sort of optimistic in, in that approach I think that kind of leadership that has a vision and steps towards uh, you know that I think that just connects with our with, with with the human condition i think people people are generally will respond positively to that as long as it's not you know flights of fancy or or, or painting a sort of vision of something that is just for a select few or or, or you know um you know uh, yeah so i think so i think i think i think there is i'd want to the optimist to me absolutely want to say there's, there's appetite for it i think the the particular christian dimension to it i think is interesting because you know we've been you know, it feels to me, you, you, you know this much better than I, and you have more insight to this, but it feels to me like um, the sort of Christian voice, um, you know, hasn't been, we've been a bit stifled, I suppose, within the political arena. And I, th I think there's all sorts of historical 
reasons for that and, and probably some of it is the church's fault for for perhaps the way we communicate things sometimes and and um a perceived uh, well um well all sorts of reasons but the um uh, we haven't necessarily done ourselves any favors we haven't won the argument perhaps to to, to be at the top table in decision making and have the christian voice you know heard at every, every level so i think there's a challenge on the church to do that i think as, as you said i think the church is responding brilliantly in the current crisis i think people are really going for it um and i guess my again the optimist in me want to say well actually you know christian things our christian heritage christian social action christian justice and tolerance are values and virtues that can appeal uh to the broader majority but i mean you've probably got more of an insight to me on that one what do you think well i i think i think that's right i i, I mean who you know it strikes me on the one hand we've got the, the churches uh doing an extraordinary amount and, and being trusted by local councils i think to take on these roles and i think an awful lot of communities around country it's become clear that really only the churches can take on these roles they're, they're the people they've got the resources they've got people they've got willing volunteers they've got buildings and they are able uh, to at very short notice to do a pretty extraordinary job of getting food to people who otherwise wouldn't have had it and i've referred people in my constituency to some of our local churches and the, the churches have, have delivered and I, I i think that's happening all over the place and i I, I suspect that is going to shift the way people think about the churches for the future. But I mean, at the same time, we've got these rather remarkable statistics about how many people are going online to, to yeah. take part in worship services at the moment, how many people claim in surveys that they are praying at, at the moment. And you, you do just wonder whether something rather striking is is going on that might well have very important and positive long-term impacts yeah well um i hope so certainly stephen thank you so much for just being you, involved Jeff. in this conversation now and i think your um the way you've sort of held your christian faith the way that has motivated informed you uh, to serve within the political sphere is something that's hugely inspiring. I, I certainly hope that as we look to the generation to come, that more and more people will be able to hold those things together, that passion for politics and people, uh, but having an informed Christian faith to, to steer them through that. So, I'm very encouraged by the number of young people I meet who are coming into politics from this sort of starting point, uh, and I hope they're going to have a, a big impact on our politics and on, on the country and on the world you know yeah. in the uh, in the years ahead amen all things are possible stephen thank you so much for your time you. god bless you thank all you. the best brilliant it's so good to hear from stephen and i don't know what you guys thought but there was so much wisdom and um i don't know like longevity <laughs> and you know longevity in the wisdom and the encouragement from that uh, something that stood out for me straight away was but that that Tom Wright's uh, quote from Surprised by Hope. Uh, people who believe in the resurrection are unstoppably motivated to work for this new life in the present. That's so, so good, isn't it? It's so good. And we were talking about um, resilience last week uh, with some of Taria's story. Um, and I don't know, in that first episode, I wasn't really sure how to talk about this resilience um, but but that is it, isn't it? That is that is put so well, and there's something within us that we're just 
unstoppably motivated. We can't stop, you know, when we have experienced uh, the reality of the resurrection in our lives. It, it like, it births a fire in us that we can't stop <laughs> and just keeps on burning. I don't know what you guys thought about that. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, Stephen's just a great guy. Like, our paths have crossed just through Just Love and I've had the opportunity to interview him. Um, yeah, and, and one thing that I just take from his general demeanor is that he's still so passionate and excited about politics. And he is so excited to see the younger generation come and take their place in politics. You know, he's not a cynical guy. He's still got that fire burning. And I love that he is clearly a person who believes in the resurrection and he's moving. He's not stopping at all. Um, but yeah, another thing that I really loved was when he was talking about local councils, recognizing that churches have the resources and the capacity to act um, at short notice to help those in need. And I think that's so true. Um, and you know, what would it look like for churches all across the UK to step into that, to really step into that responsibility and to own that? Um, I think sometimes churches probably have this mindset of, oh, are we actually best placed to, to make a difference? But there is a growing need for churches to continually occupy that space. Um, so I love that he just named that as a thing. Really helpful. That's so good. And, and Tim asked the question to Jude about um, an appetite for hopeful influence and an appetite for being active in our leadership. Um, and we can see that in his life, you know, his 26 years uh, in politics, that <laughs> he is active and still just motivated to carry on and to see good things happening to even in the, the hardest of times, even in the most difficult times um, of of our lives the resilience there is amazing but I, I wonder um you know that question was asked during the pandemic and we're kind of um almost post-pandemic <laughs> here I'm not really <laughs> sure where we're at but um I, I wonder do you, do you think do you think there still is an appetite for that or have we wavered a little bit or what does it look like mm, yeah I think um uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, hu hugely. If you look back on the the period of the pandemic, though, it was um, the significant period, and 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 the way in which churches and Christians. I mean, the way in which you know people across of of all faiths and none were were responding to the to the human need. I mean, it's just remarkable. You think about the work within the NHS and our communities and the way people was. You know, it just brought out some tremendous good you know and, and resonated for people who responded and people who were able to were then responding so i think it's a you're talking about common human the goodness of humanity and you know made, made in the image of god and something of um, of that um uh, connecting appealing being being lived out but i also think that that, that, that you know in many ways um churches across the country were were on were found themselves into places where they could be on the front foot in in, in responding and you know the the additional food banks that that, that that popped up and the ways in which people were being were looking out for for folks you know the poorer folks people in with more pressing needs within their community the way churches responded there was tremendously inspiring and i, I think the um i think there's a sort of a working through now of what that how we how we we run on from there, and I, I know certainly in our context, for example, we spent um, a lot of time and energy uh, with a, with a food 
hub um, that was getting food out um, at schools and local charities and, and who could then distribute it further to those who, who need and and certainly my sense is that that is is as le- the need for that has lessened and so there's the there's the sort of thinking through what um, with that same energy and, and and desire to serve and to bless and to support you know that those things need to be rethought uh, but it would be a shame you know if 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 uh, all that we've sort of learnt and 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 that sort of servant posture that sort of emerged it'd be a shame if we sort of found ourselves on the on the back foot or or that that just sort of you know drifted so i think there's a real um a challenge uh, to that and i think the i mean that makes me think of just going back to the sort of resilience question and the, the, the constantly finding our ways forward and i think uh you know it would seem to me that stephen's you know, one of the reasons why he's so inspiring is because he's had these twenty-six years of you know where where, where sometimes the, the the backdrop of national politics has been pulling in a different direction from where his own um, convictions would, would lie, and yet he's 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 retained this sort of buoyancy and this expectation that he can continue to contribute. And I I, I, I think there's different things at work there. And again, you might want to sort of just add in on this, but I think the you know he's a lay preacher. He's really connected within his own christian community so there's the he's being reminded of the resurrection he's been reminded of the kind of life that god is calling him to live you know on a regular basis the community is the christian community is supporting and encouraging him and, and that's really key um but also i think he's 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 sort of found his niche as it were and i think this this is one of the areas where it connects a little bit with T's story from um from from the podcast previously because i think we talk about calling don't we We talk about vocation we talk about finding the thing that god is and it's not as i think it's unhelpful to think about the one thing that god has for us because there's a sense which god can use us in different ways different times different places and who who knows quite where that might go but but he has found an area where he can be fruitful and where somehow in his sort of makeup you know god-given um personality and, and all the rest of it where he he where the resilience is there is, 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 is or he's not overwhelmed he's not swamped any, but he is able to find a way forward and presumably there's some fusion of his personality and experience of those around him of the work that he's doing and all the rest but he's he's found that sweet spot that's and he can he, he's energized and so he can keep going and he can keep asking that question every day how can i make a difference today how can i tap in how can i be with that agent of the kingdom uh, today so I think that really connects with teasing what you were saying yesterday, and uh, yeah, I just just want to want to stew on it all a little bit, a little bit more. I think. But, yeah, yeah T, what would you? How would you sort of? Yeah. Kind of... Yeah, I just find it so inspiring because I think about all these students, particularly that I've seen, who are so passionate about social justice or passionate about politics, and want to go in, but maybe don't have those. Uh, rhythms of resilience or rhythms of work-life balance who I'm just scared will burn out in the first few years. But I think there's so much that we can learn from um, servant-hearted, long-serving politicians like Stephen Timms. You know, there's so much to be gained for the way that he does his life that ensures that we'll have a bigger impact long-term. Because, yeah, what we really don't want is a generation of people who are so gutting for it but don't have the rhythms to sustain sustain it so it just makes me think how do we continue to make sure that conversations are being had with those people who are who've been in it for the long haul yeah that's good and i was just wondering whether like that unstoppable movement is actually not really anything of ourselves but it is all of christ's kingdom 
growing in and out of us uh, through hope. So you can't underestimate the hope and say, well, I can't do it. You know, it's not something that I can do. But we can't overestimate either. But what we can do is be guided by Christ every day and get into the word and have our devotion times and get into our community um, of believers and be encouraged by them and and really do life with others and keep growing in Jesus. And that is where I'm starting to think maybe the longevity comes from. There's nothing really of myself, but just a day at a time with Christ. Mm. And, And trusting that, you know, if you're not if you're not in quite the right place at any given moment that, you know, again, as T-shirt yesterday, that out of those rhythms of prayer and devotion, mm. of community life, of accountability, yeah. that whatever the next thing is will, will emerge. And, yeah. and if God wants you to serve 26 years in East London and more, well, that will yeah. become clear as you, as you take the next step forward. Yeah. It will. And I wonder if there's like, um, so just because the needs, just going back to that thing about need and how uh, we had a food hub, but we don't have a food hub uh, anymore and the change in needs. And uh, there are different things that we need to engage in now, aren't there? So I wonder if we just wanted to chat about some of those needs um, and what that looks like for us uh, now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so important for the church to be agile, isn't it? Respond to, to current world events. And one thing that springs to mind is, Um, the war in Ukraine and thinking about how the church in the West can be a real blessing to that and be really good listeners, listen to Ukrainian refugees and and ask them, continually have that dialogue with them of how can we best serve you and um, yeah, like refugees coming to the UK, how can we be really good um, like community support? Can we provide them with homes, with uh, not just the physical food stuff but actually provide them with really good relationships um so yeah i think that's that's one thing that i'm i'm thinking about currently mm-hmm. mm. it's i remember um nikki gumbel saying recently that about it being ungodly to stay silent you know and it we ha- we have to keep moving we have to engage with these things uh, often and so it may be something that's going on in the world that we are getting involved in it might be something which we're going to talk about now which is a local thing but but we have to engage don't we and Jude as a church we we're part of a team that's pioneering Liverpool citizens and partnering with Citizens UK and just starting to think about some of these things and joining with other institutions uh, for the greater good. And I mean, could you tell us a little bit about that, where it came from and mm. uh, what it looks like and, and why we're getting involved with some of yeah, this stuff? Yeah, um, So, um, gosh, something like um, 30 years ago now, um, Liverpool had something called the MBO, which is the Merseyside Broad-based uh, organisation, which was a, um, a sort of collective of uh, institutions that were um, working together for the common good, but very particularly thinking about how they applied um, and built a political power um, to put pressure on local and national governments or um, uh, commercial institutions, organisations working within uh, the city, public services, um, to, to, you know, to, again, pursuing the common good, looking for those broken areas, finding areas of common uh, interest and concern and, and sort of running after that together. And um, that was a flourishing um, uh, group that, uh, that essentially, uh, um, I forgive the sort of language, but sort of fizzled out really in, in uh, 25 years ago or so. And so 
Uh, one of the things we've been involved in uh, for the last uh, couple of years, with particular intentionality, is working with Citizens UK to sort of reimagine that with with a group of uh, housing uh, organisations, um, you know, Regenda, Plus Day in Riverside, others, um, schools, um, secondary schools, um, university uh, institutions, uh, faith groups, uh, non-faith groups, um, third sector charities, and a, a group of institutions thinking together, well, what, what could that look like? How could we reimagine that um, today uh, in, in Liverpool? And so um, we're sort of partway through a process to to form uh, and to launch uh, this network, Liverpool Citizens. And um, I mean, there are loads of great networks in, in Liverpool doing social justice stuff. And so I think one of the important things for us to think about the distinctive of this particular network and one of the um, the Anglican um, uh, five marks of mission. There's a sort of uh, Church of England thing about you know making sense of our activity in the world, and, and uh, one of the ways of doing that is to use these marks of mission. And one of the marks of mission is um, is to over overturn and overcome the unjust structures that exist in society around us. And I've already been taking us into this political dimension of well, you know, who holds the power? How do things work? How do things operate? What kind of, you know, service delivery is there around some of these social uh, services, you know, where, where stuff's been contracted out to, um, you know, housing contracted out to, for refugees or for um, uh, people on living on, you know, housing benefit. How is that somewhere contracted out into the third, into the private sector? And, and you know, you know, private sector chasing profit and bottom line. You know, sometimes, how does that go? How does that go wrong within our local communities? How do we, you know, hold people accountable about what they've said they're going to deliver? Example, um, and so I mean, all sorts of different issues that we could be looking at over the um, over the coming years. But I think one of the things we're how this relates particularly to this sense, I think, of hopeful influence is that um, you know, I think. Um, to be able to move forward, to be able to tackle some of those unjust structures, you clearly need uh, loud. You need to build some sense of power and, and, and loud voices, organisations working together rather than just lone voices of one person or one institution speaking. So we're trying to sort of build something that's going to where there's mutuality, shared interest. But I think it takes us back to the relational stuff that we talked about in in the earlier part as well. It's just this, um, you know, how do we? Jesus calls us to love our neighbour. How do we love our neighbour if we don't know our neighbour? Um, you know, by coming alongside, by listening well, by understanding the, the interests and the concerns of those around us, we're then in an informed place to be able to serve and to bless um, and to love. Um, and so whilst it's sort of got a, um, in some sense, what's being built, I think, is a, uh, you know, is, is not an overtly um, church Christiany thing. I think the, the, the potential alliance of institutions that are forming around uh, Liverpool citizens presents a really um, um, uh, presents a you know a, a really uh, functional and, and potentially effective way of exactly that helping others see the kingdom you know let's bring you know the the biblical the christian vision of the future into that public debate and discussion with those around us who share our, our values and our sense of what's important you know to see that future that better future working with others to help participate to build power you know to the um you know to the the, the, the ukrainian family who've just moved in you know up the road or whatever who, who, who haven't got the quality of housing that they should have had how do we give them a voice how do we help them um uh take more control over their uh, 
uh, you know, their, their lived experience and how do we, we, we elevate and, and help give a voice to uh, and how do we experience an improved community and improved life. So, so, I mean, gosh, you could go on and on, but, you know, that would be one of the ways, I think, as we sort of look forward that we're hoping to, um, you know, to join in with and uh, mm. to make a bit more space for. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I love that, the idea of there being so much power in collaboration. Um, and I wonder, Jude, if you could maybe tell us about a live conversation that you're having at the moment or um, maybe conversations that are exciting you about the, the potential change that you could make um, in partnership. Yeah, do you want to just touch on on some of those things? Mm, yeah, well, I mean, it sort of flows out of that, really. So we, we had a training session on Wednesday and we were sort of... Um, listening to some of the, the representatives from local housing uh, associations talking about um, just experiences, the poverty of experience often that, that asylum seekers or people in housing benefits can have and just a, a sort of a, a desire um, to, 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 to tackle that and to hold um, uh, both the sort of... the. the the provider of the housing, but also the sort of political structures around it that are shaping, you know, some of that to hold that to better account uh, and to paint a better view of of the future, you know, together. And we had folks in from our local local secondary schools, one of the head teachers from our local secondary school, talking about, um, you know, just the, the concern they have about the experience that some of the, chil the children, you know, um, maybe placed in housing that's inadequate and how that's impacting on their education and the social integration within a school and you just start to see all the different sort of touch points within the community that you know if we're doing doing something badly or not as well as it could be done that actually overflows in all sorts of uh, different directions and so um yeah inspired hopeful about how we can we could play our part more adequately in putting some of those things right Mm, that's amazing. And do you think there are any potential um, risks, or maybe not risks, but difficulties or tensions when you bring different types of people together who have maybe potentially different ways or different views on how social change can happen? Do you think there are any, um, yeah, things that you have to safeguard against or ways to to bring people together that could be potentially difficult? Or mm, Yeah, I mean, it, it, surely. I, I think the... Um, I mean, Citizens UK have a particular model, um, which interestingly enough focuses around relational development and they, they put a lot of emphasis in the one-to-one. -one. So really getting to know people, understanding people's own sense of um, uh, self-interest or motivation and what drives us. So, so start the conversation there. Um, and, 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 you know, so that, so that as we potentially build alliance or shared interest that's coming out of the, the things that are most important to us i think it's a really great way of of doing it actually and i think so i think there's something about the methodology that can help um to navigate through that and again whilst you wouldn't necessarily call that explicitly christian you know it's a tool to help us to know and to understand to see others more clearly for who they are and so gosh that sounds quite christian to me mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. um i'm not projecting my own um desires or ambitions i'm listening i'm listening well to the other to the person who is not me with a different experience to me but who has got things that are important to say and so so i think there's something about methodology and how we hold that together and um 
and, and clearly there's a journey uh, into which we find common agreement and self-understanding. But then also I think how we, uh, yeah, the, the truth to power thing, um, I think unavoidably that does sometimes have um, sort of slightly spicier, uh, that is played out in spicier ways, and you know Jesus in the temple with a whip in the temple, you know, and like you know, it was spicy. Yeah, <laughs> <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's something going on here that is not right that needs to be confronted, um, and that isn't clean and neat, you know. Rarely, I think, but but then how is it? How do you make it effective? You know, and, and it's not just firing off or not just venting and or raging it without outcome. You know, Jesus cleared that temple, you know, that well there was at the outer cause, wasn't it? The uh, you know, where they were selling the you know, doves and all the rest. But the um uh it needs to be effective. So there's something about moving towards outcome and and, and yeah, result even. I have a question about this. Um so so is there a culture of hope already inbuilt in this thing and is it because it's new that it's there because we were talking in the last episode about uh, being in in a place and you want to get your you want it to be a hopeful place you want it people growing and having a good experience and being hopeful for the future but it's not always possible it wasn't that possible for Teria to do that and to there was a bit of a clash there is is that already there and it's just something specific because of the people who are involved? Or is it something that you have to establish and build? And it might be spicy and it might be a little bit different how you um, make hope part of that culture. But it just looks different than, than maybe what I think it does. What does that look like? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I think if, we could, if you could formularize it or sort of um, uh, neatly lay it out, we'd probably be doing... Uh, we'd probably be doing it more effectively than we are. I think these things are obviously very contextual and it's, again, it's about relationship. Go back to some of the stuff from Andy yesterday. It's, it's worked out through relationship and that's as diverse and as you know, complex as, um, uh, as relationships are. And you know, uh, So there's, there's something of that going on and obviously when you have culture and set ways of doing things, um, to, to talk about turning the oil tanker, you know, changing culture is a bit like turning the oil tanker. You sort of, you know, you, you start to make the changes. You know, if you, uh, apparently, <laughs> who knows really? But the expression is when, you, when you're piloting an oil tanker, you start to turn ten or fifteen miles before you actually need to turn because it takes that long for the effect of what you're changing to be worked through, and, and, and so changing culture effectively can, can be like that you know it's it's constant sowing of of a different way of doing things it's constantly modeling and casting vision and modeling different practice and then eventually over months or years even things begin to look different and people opt in to something different um so i think it's complex it's worked out over time it's it's relational um but i think i don't know perhaps as we sort of you know just come into land with this i think um I think I think Stephen's uh, experience is just really, you know, we've all said it sort of just how inspiring it is and, and, and how, you know, what a great thing to sort of take with us as we sort of go forward from this. You've got a person here who's immersed in Christian community, who's immersed in the, in the broader community within which, within which they live, who's been given by God a certain set of gifts and 
abilities to contribute and to play their part. And, and over time, you know, through their own, his own personal devotion and engagement in Christian community and active involvement in the world around, he's, fat, he's been able to carve out a space where he can influence, you know, where he can, where he can influence in a Christian way. Uh, you know the the the, um, the kinds of experiences that people are having in his patch. He's, he's he's got a vision. He's helping other people see a vision for the community which he represents. He's helping other people join in. He's coming alongside. He's celebrating as people get justice, you know, and, and get better outcomes in, in the patch. And he's got this incredible resilience. Just keep going. He's not put off by the. The, the failure or the discouragement over here because he's holding tightly to that sense of, of what God has called him to do and to be in that place and you know I don't know I mean you know that's that's the dream whatever that looks like for each one of us there's there's something there isn't there there is you know? yeah it's the dream <laughs> so good <laughs> Judah I wonder could you pray for us as we finish um I guess there's part of I guess if we're listening to this podcast or we're here doing this podcast there's an element of us that is just really wanting the best for our future and a God-shaped future. And so there might be an element of we know where we're going and we know what we're doing, but there might be an element of we, we don't know what we're doing and we don't know where we're going, which is okay too. You know, we don't pretend to know anything really and compared to what God knows and the future that God holds. So I wonder if you could pray for us as we... Um, move from this place, step forward uh, into our realities. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for that prompt, just in terms of how we, we focus our prayers uh, together now, just as we close. So, yeah, let's pray. Yeah, Father God, thank you for just uh, speaking to us. Thank you for uh, the witness of, of Andy Flanagan and Stephen Timms, Lord, and just how they've lived out some of these um of these things lived out their Christian faith, the faith, Lord, that you've given them uh, in the political sphere, the difference that they've made, the inspiration that they give, the model uh, of life uh, that they offer to us. And, and Lord, I pray, I just pray, um, I pray for, for, for anyone listening to this who's just sort of struggling away, sort of trying to find that, that place that, where they can contribute and how they can participate and, you know, uh, or even just make sense of uh, you know, some way of engaging in, in, in the political, whether that's loving the neighbour next door or involvement in local politics or some shape of, or even the national picture, whatever that is. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd help them, help us to sort of to, to hear your voice, uh, to keep going, surround them with good advice and good wisdom. Lead your people, Lord, more and more into effective places of, of influence in the political sphere, we pray. And, and for folks who are kind of cracking on and doing stuff, who just need a bit more encouragement that they're on the right path or, or, or just a sharpening, you know, in terms of their, their, their theological understanding of what you're up to and how they get to join in. And I pray that this would just be helpful for them too. And I just thank you, Lord, that there's this invitation to help other people see uh, your kingdom, life as it should be. You give us resources, Lord, the gift of your spirit, um, yeah, so much, Lord, to see that and to join in and to experience it for ourselves and, and for others. So help us with that. Help us to be fruitful. Help us to find our place. And may all the glory, Lord, go to you.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.